All right, welcome to another episode of the MCW cast. I am Tara, joined tonight with... I'm Brent Tearing. You were looking at me like you weren't sure if you wanted me to kick it off, or this is this is your house, and... MCW promoter Dan McDevitt, and we are just kind of like interchangeable parts of it, all except Tara. <laughs> all except me, right? All except Tara here on the MCW cast. Yeah. I'm not Larry's. giving up my seat. This is where I sit. Right. Me and, me and Larry are interchangeable with... Uh, <laughs> With um, Brent, Brent and, and Brian. And Brian, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you get the call to do. You know, I, I I like having as much mic time as humanly possible, and I you know, um, I do the broadcasting here with Deacon Storm, Brian Gamble, whatever at uh, our MCW shows, but um, I'm also doing the NWA Empower show with Mickey James. So I got to stay limber, man. I got to stay, I got to stay loose. I gotta stay lucid. I gotta stay good on this mic. So what's wherever the there's date, a hot what's fight, the date on that Empower? August twenty eighth, Saturday, August twenty eighth on Fight TV and in St. Louis, Missouri. So coming up in a couple weeks. Coming up in a couple. Are you weeks. gonna be doing commentary on that? Yep. Live? Yep. Um, so it's uh, all women's show, which is seems to be the the flavor right now. But women's mm-hmm. wrestling is doing really well, and it's. Uh, as Mickey James is the executive producer, so um, and she's pumped, man. It's I, I've talking with her a couple times. Um, it's good. It's it's good to see her. She's really pumped up. I mean, it's she's really excited about it. Yeah, yeah. I can't it, think of a better person to lead this. Yeah, exactly. It's yep. it's, it's it's a situation, you know, and and uh, we don't talk about it much here, I'm sure, but it's it's a situation where you're kind of when you're with WWE or a company that is especially corporate like that. I don't want to say your wings are clipped, but there's definitely a lane which you must stay in and any kind of veering out of it, uh, slightly left, slightly right, it's not going to get you any, uh, garner any favors. Right. So here's Mickey who was uh, approaching uh, creative and management saying, uh, why not an all-female brand? Why not an all-female show? Which is seems like a no-brainer, but the difference is Wrestling's always and and this is this is a little forward thinking. I, Terry, you may be like, hell yeah, go for it. Like, <laughs> but like, wrestling's always been for the most part through uh, whether it's uh, the writing of it or booking angles. For the most part, through the perspective of a man, and mm-hmm. this is an all women show being run by a woman. And you know that's not revolutionary by any means, but it's it, it is in the minority, and it is you know when you have. Mm-hmm especially someone who knows what they're doing, who's drawing money and things like that. It, it, it's going to be pretty interesting. So I'm excited. I'm honored to be a part of it, but back to the, you know, the point here, it's, uh, it's good to be on a mic. So, well, we always enjoy having you. So I'm happy anytime I see you on the lineup. So thank you for coming. (laughs) So you can, uh, catch all of our episodes on all of the major podcast platforms which you all should know the list by now right <clears throat> apple podcast google play soundcloud spotify stitcher pocket cast breaker radio public and Castbox. twitch did you say twitch i didn't say that you can watch the video format there this was just twitch, the audio part. facebook so, and youtube streaming exactly, yeah. make sure exactly. you share the streams too and mm-hmm. like them and if you're watching on those podcast platforms please subscribe because that's how you really kind of get your algorithm up on uh the podcast world is to make sure you subscribe and also on like we have a youtube channel as well um i believe we have uh, obviously we have a facebook um so anytime you can go and click the like or subscribe 
you're supporting not only uh, wrestling and independent wrestling, but you're supporting MCW. Uh, and, and, you know, we need it. It's been a rough year, um, but we are coming out and landing on our feet, as we know. Uh, resurrections in the books. And um, I was just I was just stoked that there were human beings yes. making noise <laughs> in the crowd and they had paid their hard-earned money finally mm-hmm. after being shut indoors for a year and a half deprived of MCW and pro wrestling. They finally showed up and showed out. And it was it was a hell of a crowd and a hell of a show. Yeah, it was great to hear live people again. I have to be honest. It was it was really great to hear them and see everybody, you know. We've got some loyal fans who have been coming to our shows for 20 plus years and it was really great to interact with them again and see them sitting in their regular seats. And it felt like all was right with the world. You know, yeah. when you peek your head out through the curtain and you see your people in the regular spots, you're like, ah, as it should be. Yep. It, it, it's kind of funny. Like, I remember not that long ago, you would, you know, get caught complaining about a lighthouse. Like, <laughs> oh, man, there are only 30 people there. Now, oh, my God, give me 10 people. Right, give right. Give us 10 people. Give us anything, you know. So I, I don't, if anything, if there's any silver lining to the experience, it's uh, a lot of times in, in moments of adversity, we figure out what we take for granted and try mm-hmm. not to take it for granted. And as far as pro wrestling, one of the, if not the most uh, important element was missing, and that was the audience. So yeah, live. It, it was, I, it was, and it was um, after doing this for so many decades it was like surreal with the people being here, which was weird in its own way that it had to feel like that. It yeah. just should have felt normal, but it was almost like looking out there when we got there and the people were in the doors looked out like, oh my, I can't believe this is happening. It's happening again. You know yeah. what I mean? This is happening because it had gotten, it, it. there was a point where I wondered when, you know, three or four months ago, now? is this going to happen again? Yeah. Like, and I, you know, where I'd started to feel like, are we ever going to be able to have another show in mm-hmm. front of people again um is this so, reality now yeah like, is this I was my like, life now i was pinching myself during resurrection a couple times like i can't believe it yeah like and it's so crazy because you know three or four hundred shows i had probably done in the last couple decades so to kind of be at a point where i'm like oh my you know yeah like it was just something normal that that it was like yeah so it was good it there's was, there's it, it's kind of we didn't, there's no getting used to wrestling without people. And I feel like if somebody just hopped on board and became a wrestling fan during that uh, tough time, you, you, God dang, man, you really like, there's, how do you know if, if there's not people there, an audience there, how do you know what's working? Well, that's right. my whole thing with it. And so I, for a year of the pandemic, the first year, it wasn't until the the previous couple months before we started running shows where I was trying to get back in wrestling mode, I couldn't even watch it. I couldn't even watch the first time I didn't watch WrestleMania in all my life and oh, wow. all 47 years was that first WrestleMania wow. with no people because I couldn't watch it. But that was my thought too. I felt like, how do you know? How do you know who's over? How do you know? Like, it's kind of like, because then you give the, promotion whether it's wwe aew ring of honor or whatever like you give like they're gonna tell you who's over they give you give them all the power they give them all the they piped in the applause i mean mean. so you can't it's like a false positive what what made wrestling for me was the reaction of you know they're a guy that's like Zack Ryder that's not supposed to be over right he gets over right right you know what i mean that's what makes wrestling when people say no 
we don't care if you're beating this guy. Like we like him. This is our guy, and this is our guy, and we're getting behind him. And with that, with that aspect of wrestling taken away, to me, it's that was everything. Yeah, and you get the pure, honest reaction. Um, so we've brought in some new faces on that last show. Um, well, we brought back a returning, quickly becoming a fan favorite with Ray Lynn, the cute, bubbly Ray Lynn. Mm -hmm. um, you got the audience's real reaction. You know, like that's just something you can't pipe in. You know, right. um, we had Sam Adonis, we had Shane Taylor. Like you know, we've when you send those people out there, you know, they are feeding off that live energy and you can't, there's no amount of piping in you can do for that. You and know? Like and it's how, such many, an organic how many experience. people, even us being an independent promotion, I mean, could sit here and start rattling, rattling them off. Like people that got over on their own that maybe we uh, didn't creatively, their yeah. the plans weren't there, but then we're like, wait a minute. This is working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, listen to this. Listen to how they're reacting for this guy or this girl. Or like, wow. Like, yep. they're, mm -hmm. you know, and then the plans change because the people are telling you, hey, we like this person. Right. Like, and with that, for me, that is wrestling. Mm -hmm. You know, wrestling, as much as, as much, I'd, I'd always remember coming up in a lot of these veterans, you know, the older veterans when I was coming up in wrestling and they'd say, the whole thing is like, yeah, you don't you don't let the fans dictate the match to you. And to a to a degree, right. I understood it. But also, I think if nothing else, COVID, you saw, well, you know what? That's not necessarily true. Right. Because yeah. without the people, to me, it's not wrestling. It's not. It's Look, not pro it's wrestling weird, without the people. It's, it's, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it takes the authenticity out and it also... The biggest complaint I think a lot of people have about WWE right now is it's overproduced. Yeah. You're overproducing the guys. Take the people out, and it's there's no. You're doing no a shooting room. a movie. Yeah, you're shooting a movie. There's no the, room theatrical for matches. Yeah, we saw that all last year. The theatrical matches that were coming out, which were entertaining. But hit it was, miss. yeah, they were 100% hit or miss. Some were really good, and some were like, oh, what I just watched. But, you know, that was something that, you know, was a. Uh, I, it kind of felt like it pulled from a little bit of Lucha Underground, like that telenovela feel to it. But yeah. also it was still not like a regular live wrestling match, like for, especially when they were doing it on their major pay-per-views. Like it just was different. It was just something something else. You know, it wasn't the same experience. I'm trying to think of a good comparison, but it's yeah, it's it's like. I, I don't know. Virtual <laughs> reality. It's just not the real thing. So um, thankfully, that's, you know. In the past, and uh, Resurrection was a success. And it's speaking on, of on to the Bruiser oh, Show, yeah. Speaking of in the past, another place where you can check out um, yeah. our shows with live audiences, including our upcoming guests that we are featuring tonight. But you can go to our YouTube channel and check out our Flashback Friday, and we've got a lot of vintage stuff from the vault there. So we go way back, so mm -hmm. you can catch some classic ones. And um, also, yeah. www.mcwragetv.com. That's right. To watch the shows yeah. as a whole. Yeah. First 30 days are free and then it's That's right. Resurrection will be up there and you can check that out. It was a great show. And then uh break the breakthrough shows are on Facebook as well. Yeah, where mm -hmm. it looks like we're gonna be continuing to do them monthly. Very cool. Um, you know, uh probably once a month to just kind of keep people in line with everything that's going on at the shows and showcase some of our upper up and coming younger talent. Yeah, right. I mean that we know there's a lot of content out there, but um we thank you guys for uh, supporting us and keeping us one of the best and the people, yeah, and the people that, that watched it spoke i mean we got a lot of positive feedback from the people that watched mm -hmm. the breakthrough shows a lot of them a lot of, we picked up people from around the world yeah you know i saw mm -hmm. you know see tons of comments of 
people, you know, watching and, hey, I never, you know, but you know how that the algorithms work. People start watching it. It gets shared around. Right. It starts people that are watching wrestling on YouTube that starts popping up in their feed. And then also our regulars were like, hey, please keep this content coming after the live show. So we're going to produce it monthly. Very cool. Great. Very cool. Yeah. Speaking of being around the world. See, I'm good at these segue yeah, things. Our guest tonight has been around the world. And I'm talking about none other than former MCW Rage TV champion, tag team champion. He is the Bluesman Kelly Bell. So stay with us and we will be right back with our guest tonight. Cool. All right. Welcome back to episode three zero. We've made it. We've made it of the MCW cast. We are joined by our esteemed guest, Baltimore legend, music superstar, and a former champion here in yeah. MCW Rage Pro. Rage TV and tag team mm-hmm. champion. We and an incredibly miss. large appendage. An incredibly large appendage. I, I don't have confidence. I am white from the wallet up and black from the waist down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Kelly Bell, how are you doing, Kelly? I'm doing good, man. It's good. It's like being home being here, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's like yeah. just walking into the room and, you know, hearing hearing the crash of the mat and hearing students look, you know, gingerly over their shoulder, <laughs> hoping that the teacher isn't really looking because they're trying not to puke in the trash can that's close to the ring. You know, little things like that. They bring the white, back wonderful memories. That you get the mouth oh, yeah. dry, you try right. to cut the It'd make me want to jump in the ring and just throw somebody down. Throw somebody down. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say it's probably nice to hear the crashing of the mat and your body's not the I'm not the one. Making that noise. Right. I'm not the one doing thing. that. Uh, yeah, that's just, the that's what I enjoy the most about walking into school all the time. Well, you and I have me, had yeah. this conversation yeah. about yeah, uh, it's not me. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's, yeah, this, it's not my body it, making that crap. Do you remember us? Like I, I remember, and I'm sorry if I'm no, I don't please mean to jump no, format no, here, but I uh, we we did a fans bring the weapons match uh, at Fort Meade. And it? at Fort yeah, Meade, yeah, because yeah. wow. I remember because somebody gave somebody a, a did I wrestle a frying you? pan? Yes. Yeah. Fort Meade yeah. was lit, boy. It was this, yeah. <laughs> the CTE is starting to set in on right. me. I don't. I like the fact that that's been happening a lot lately. We've been talking about matches on these last episodes, and I'm like, I don't even. They're like, yeah, you remember that match? I'm like, no, I don't. I right. say that every time we're talking about. Stuff. Yeah, but yeah. for you, it's not CTE. It's, no, it is. Uh, no, it's Northern Lights. Let's let's be realistic. Oh, okay, well, it's a combination. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> come on. Like, I wrote a song called Homegrown. Don't play with me. All right. <laughs> but look, I, I I just thinking about how we got so pumped up. I mean, we would go out there and just do really awful things to each other, <laughs> all in the name of entertainment. And now we sit around and laugh about it and go, what in God's name were we thinking? Yeah, you know what? To, to flash back, I guess, to even a couple of weeks ago, what I saw, like, that's passion. Like, Nick Gage versus Chris Jericho on AEW Dynamite. Right. Um, you kind of got to give it up, you know, but that's that passion. Like, Chris Jericho does not have to roll around in glass no. i mean he's a guy no. that always that's passion he's yeah, a multi multi-millionaire yeah. probably up have you there seen his house he's on the goat mm-hmm. you know i yeah. think a guy mm-hmm. like chris jericho reinvented himself so much is is definitely in the conversation of, of goat when it comes to wrestling so like you know i went back and watched that and you, you people had different opinions but like Man, that's just like passion and love because he didn't have to do that. No, you not know at what all. I mean, no, and he doesn't have know. to put anybody over if he doesn't want to. Either. Right, right, and he does. Yeah, right. so you know. So to give some context, Fort Meade obviously is an, the Army Fort uh, in Maryland, 
I and called it do what you want to do night. Do what you want to do because there is no state athletic commission. Nobody to tell us yeah. how we could do. Yeah, so that's right. to further context, yes. right, the way it works, and anybody that knows wrestling in Maryland has an athletic commission that's one of the strictest in the country. But Army bases are like little islands yeah. throughout the state. And we took full advantage. Full advantage. Because they're federal property, so right. they don't have right. to follow federal rules. So we would use... We went through a period in MCW of a couple of years where we were doing shows at Fort Meade, and we didn't have to follow any state Anybody's rules. guidelines. Right. And we yeah. did it. it was, we yeah. got to have intergender matches. Yes. I, you and I were tag team partners. That's right. <laughs> That's, yep. That was, so, those were packed houses. They were yeah. rowdy. The boys, and the people yeah. knew that. We were able to explain Ooh. that to the people just like, this is it. And people knew, like, right. oh, well, oh, yeah, they we're going to Fort Meade. We're going sure right. to get something you're not going to get. People still to this day send us messages. When are you going back to Fort Meade? Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. really, I mean, th the world's a different place. You and, know? Since, and since we are here with that, you know, I, I, I have said it on the radio. I've said it from stage and I have talked about it in the 32 countries I've been in in the last couple of years. Um, I, I, I owe you a, a, a thank you. And then I've, I've thanked you privately, but I need to thank you publicly because you know, a dream and and a um, you know, a fantasy are two different things. Mm -hmm. And so this is how I became a wrestler in the first place. So Danny and Mark were fans of the Kelly Bell Band. I'm a huge Mark for wrestling. Always have been my entire life. So we started trading tickets to shows. They could come to my show. I come to their show. I'm standing backstage at Michael's one day, and I'm peering through the curtain because I'm a, I'm a Mark. I got no business being <laughs> backstage. You know, mm -hmm. I'm looking out, and I look back to Danny, and I go. Man, I always dreamed of doing this. And of course, Shark is like, cha-ching! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, his name sells tickets. He's in there. Yeah. And uh, and I just, I, I never, it was something that, I, a dream and a fantasy. I fantasized about being, you know, Don Morocco and waiting for Jimmy Snooker to jump off the top of the fence in the backyard and land on top of me and make sure I didn't hurt my friend Kaylee when he did it. So he was, but, you weren't doing the jumping. You were, you were taking Are you out your... <laughs> <laughs> What is wrong with him? Yeah. I mean, besides Where, the long, obvious. How, how long do you got? What is wrong? <laughs> right, I ain't got that kind of show? time. Just give me a memo or something. Would you give me the give me give, give me the cliff notes? You're the only one I need a cliff note medical report from. <laughs> so, <laughs> so easy, easy answer, no. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, so no, I just um, I I just really wanted to say thank you, man, because this is. That's it wasn't it what you turned a fantasy into a dream because a dream is something you work your ass off for. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have to do that. See, I wasn't out here. I didn't have to clean the bathroom. I wasn't sweeping. And don't get me wrong. I know a lot of the boys had issues with that, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I didn't really care because <laughs> and he neither did he because he said, wait a minute, how many, how many people you you setting the ring up? He's bringing people through the door Boom. from the first show. Boom. So. And, and and you know, I, and I was, but the one thing I, the one thing I didn't want to do is I didn't want to be the guy to come in and be the celebrity, throw two clotheslines, you know, and then you know have somebody that's here all the time working the tail off, put you over, and then you don't show up again for another five years. I didn't want to be that. And, and you people see that. So yeah. I, I came, yeah. I came did. in here and got in the ring, and Axel, yep, Axel and RJ and mm -hmm. and Rich and Danny and Mark, yep. and I mean I worked with people for months before mm -hmm. I even did a show. You got a lot of respect yeah. that way. You yeah. absolutely did. We talked about when we had and it hoit. John Midadakis on the on the podcast. Yeah. He did the yeah, same thing Jimmy's when right. he came yeah. and wanted to be a part of it. He came. He came to training nights. He put it. You know, he put one hundred and ten percent into it. And that reminded me a lot of when you came through. 
Um, cause I was, you know, obviously I was there then right. and, um, you know, it, there was that grumbling like, oh, who does he think he is? And then you showed up and you right. kept showing up and that made a For huge 14 difference. years. Right. You didn't need to clean the bathroom, damn it. Right. You just needed to show up. And I'm so. still not cleaning the damn bathroom. <laughs> in, all, in, all, in all fairness, though, you come from showbiz, you came, you know, in the music business, Absolutely. you paid your dues there. 26 years in the Kelly Bell band. So wow. if anybody had any clue, right. And says, oh, he's not paying his dues. It's showbiz, right? So if you get to any sort of recognition and longevity and success in showbiz, you've paid some sort of dues. But you're always paying dues, man. I've always, sat, I've right? sat with BB yeah. King, you know, right. God rest his soul, and and the man looked at me and, you know, said, "Look, you're always paying dues. You know that, right?" Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is straight from his mouth. Wow. You know, sitting backstage, and 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 you know, if if the king can pay dues right to the end. Kelly Bell still got plenty For of dues sure. to pay, and I think that's that's part of the, what's wrong with a lot of workers today. Period. Yeah. Because if you in all industries, workers industry. and guitar players, yeah. and yeah, I mean, it's just it's entertainment. Period. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, what we're going to be talking now, I'm going to be talking entertainment because it, it, I think it, it just crosses all forms. Mm -hmm. And I was in the I was in the uh, green room listening to you guys on the monitor, and I also heard about you know how you guys talking about without that without the crowd. Mm -hmm. Imagine being in a band. Yeah, I can't. Imagine being in a band that plays 150 shows a year to 200, 150 to 200 shows a year, and last year was nine. Wow. Now, did you so, do any of those, that like, was huge. Yeah, couch we did. concerts? Like, yeah, I was, was going like, to ask you well, that. I was, I, you took the question out of my mouth. No, I, I actually, I have a, you know... Was this, it the that's same another way for thing. you? Like it was? It's weird not doing it in front of people. It's like, definitely weird and a little, little strange coming back to it too. But especially when you feel like it's like taking on your drawers. You know, you putting your drawers on and off. You ain't got to think about it. You can do it in the dark. Yeah. But when you ain't wore drawers for a year and a half, you know, now you're <laughs> suddenly like, wait a minute, which way did these go on again? Yeah. So it, it's a little bit of that. But, but not having an audience doing the streams and stuff is great. We did all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. We for and honestly, New Year's Eve we did a stream. We got hooked up with the comedian Ron White. Mm -hmm. Oh and yeah, he fell in love with us. So he had us. We did I did a show for him, and we were talking about. We were, of course, you know, I'm the promo king, so I'm I'm promoting our show for New Year's Eve on his stream, and well, he was also hammered by the time we got to the end. <laughs> Yeah. So he was like, you're doing New Year's Eve? How can we get on that? We want to be the sponsor of that. So they were already, he didn't realize that his manager had already worked out a New Year's Eve show where he was hosting with Viacom. Mm. Mm. So he spoke up. It got out there. Now we're on the show. Awesome. He loved us. We ended up headlining it. And it went to 50 million people. Wow. So it went all around the world. The gimmick was it... 24 hours, every hour, they went to a different time zone and rang in the new oh, year. Wow. And then at 11 o'clock, well, 10 o'clock, they came to us. Mm -hmm. and was then that we here? Was that in this? Was it Maryland? Out in Frederick, yeah. Out, in Frederick. out at Showtime Studios. Okay. So we did a Showtime Sound. We did it in the studio. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, big lights, lasers, everything. I mean, it was a huge, yeah. huge garage, you know. It's like doing a, a music video in a Walmart. <laughs> so, but it's, I mean, but full sound, everything, you know. So, and all, you know, cameras everywhere. Mm -hmm. So... We did that. Um, we go from 10 to 11, and then they go to Bahamas to ring in the new year. Mm -hmm. Then they come back to us, and we were the only band. They Oh, another thing is they did a different act every hour. Oh, so yeah. all around the world. Very cool. It what was cool really, concept. really cool. Yeah. And But we're the only band that went twice. So we went from 10 to 11, and then they went to the Bahamas, and they came back to us, and we did 11 to 12, and then they went to New York to drop the ball, and then the whole thing was oh, over. So you guys were, wow. were main event pretty much. We were the headline, and you went, yeah. and you went twice. 
Why did why'd you go twice? Was it because I'm black? <laughs> Pay attention, son. <laughs> I always go twice. He's gonna be my straight man. You're, you're coming to the radio with me. <laughs> Do I brought, oh my God. So I brought up the couch concerts because mm -hmm. um, your uh, your first album was released under Foul Records, right? And that was uh, Jimmy's Chicken Shack. Jimmy, absolutely. Ha -ha. So, yeah, we all came up together. So I was a huge fan of Jimmy's Chicken Shack when I first moved to Baltimore. Like I would be that girl that was up in the front row. Like yeah, like he'd take his shirt off. Like I'm not. I can't even make. Then you up. would just follow suit. No. No, 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 no. Understand. <laughs> but I don't. No. My roommate had a huge crush on him. So anyway, so, on Jimmy's chicken. Show. Right. Jimmy and so they the had kind of taken a pause for a bit, you know. And mm -hmm. then they started doing the couch concerts. Two right? of the guys that were in that band were in my band. I know. So that's why I was trying to draw that in there, that make that uh, um, connection. And I felt like it was like, you know, 1996 again or something. Like the first couch <laughs> concert that they did. Like I went and got my entertaining supplies and got myself situated uh -huh. and I was like oh this is gonna be great and I have the music like completely cranked up while my teenage son was home I'd forgotten that he was home <laughs> and finally about like 11 o'clock he's like what are you doing and I'm dancing in the living room like by myself just like I'm like I'm in the front row of a concert and <laughs> up until that moment I had resisted all of these virtual entertainment things but I was like Jimmy's Chicken Shack well it's been a minute. And I think I better check this out. I just want to. I'll just. I'll just pipe in. And, and then I'm see like Venmoing like. in money, and I'm like, "Thank you. This was the best night." And I'm like, "What is wrong with me?" But I bring it up because those moments did mean something to people. Yeah. Mm. So it was so, that connecting, but in a different way. Not the live audience, but people in their homes searching for a way to physically get out of their homes, but you can't, and it worked. Well, we did a lot of things like that. We did some, we did the virtual stuff, like I said. We did a We did a couple of concerts on our own that, that were virtual. Mm -hmm. um, well, for one sound company, which they did not know was going to be for them. So it was a sound, because people forget that the sound guys and light guys, those guys are hurting too. Yeah. We're not working, they're not working. Exactly. So, but I have other means, you know. Um, so there's a couple things that, that as, as screwed up as COVID is, I, I was going to say was, but with this new variant, I'm going to say is. So as screwed up as it is, there are some blessings that came out of it for me personally. You know, the radio being one of them, which I'll get to in a second. Mm -hmm. But the, the playing the music part, uh, one, 26 years on the road doing several thousand shows um this i did not realize how strained it was mm -hmm. because i'm used to, i'm just i'm getting right. through the next show I'm, you're through. always getting through and it's the same thing with wrestling yeah you're always getting through your next match and if you never slow down and realize the damage you have done to your body you it it comes it comes at you in right. a flash and sometimes it can end your career and i've been in that place 10 years ago where it almost ended my career um and and lucky that lucky that it did. That's didn't. right. Didn't you have some issues yeah. with your yeah. vocals? Absolutely, That's absolutely. Right. And uh, and almost almost required surgery. But uh, Doctor um, Doctor Winstead, Julie Winstead, is absolutely amazing, and she saved my career, and she has many times since then. Um, and uh, so and but in doing that, doing the the music thing for people, it is it was a great way to mm -hmm. still be able to connect. But I was able to do a lot of other things. So Edwin McCain, who was a very good friend of mine, he's um. You might know the song I'll Be. Mm -hmm. It's like the biggest pop, one of the biggest pop songs. I'll be your crying shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Well, Edwin and I have been friends for like years. <laughs> so uh, we did a show called Conversations with Ed Edwin McCain and Kelly Bell. So that was one of the things okay. that we had going. And it was a podcast like this, mm -hmm. except it had nothing to do with music. Which was crazy. Yeah, it was all about political stuff, you know. So we were talking because oh, you had a lot George Floyd about. was going on. A lot was going yeah. on. So and 
and a lot of people don't know this about my brother Edwin, but he uh, he had adopted. He has adopted a son of color. So now I'm saying that out of respect to him because I said, that's your black son. And he's like, look, he's adopted. So we don't really. I'm like, look at him. He looks like me. Doesn't look like you. OK, you you call him what you want. I'm just saying. I'm saying that guy live down the street from you in South Carolina is calling him the same thing. He's calling me when I'm not looking. OK, so. So, uh, you know, he, I'm the I'm I'm the guy that. You know, I'm this buddy when he calls and he's got questions about, I'm not sure about this book they're reading in his class, uh, you know. So I got to talk him down before he goes to the principal's office kicking, this is racism! <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, I need you to black it down a little bit, white dude, all right? Just black it down <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And then, uh, so we were doing that, but we we got to interview some really cool people, like uh, this, guy, this cat Charles, who was the son of Martin Luther King and Andrew Young's lawyer. So he tells this story about um, you know, back in the day when you could still go to the gate to meet someone. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes to the gate to meet his dad and his dad is walking up the ramp and Martin Luther King is on one arm and Andrew Young is on the other arm and he walks up to him and he gives his dad a hug and his dad, you know, he's pushing away because mm-hmm. he's like 13 and uh, he, he was embarrassed, you know? Yeah. So they started walking around and everything and he felt this giant hand, he said, on his shoulder and it pulled him back and spun him around and it was Martin Luther King, and he got this close to him, and he said, son, don't ever be embarrassed or ashamed to show another man affection in a public place, especially when it's your daddy. Wow. He said from that point forward, he kissed his daddy on the mouth and told him that he loved him for the rest of his life, for the rest of his life from 13 on. And and, and so uh, we had um, Daryl Davis, mm-hmm. who is, I know Daryl from being an amazing piano player, Daryl's the black guy that infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan. I love that guy's story. So, wow. And it, it's a great Netflix yeah, uh, yeah. documentary on Daryl. Daryl and I have been friends for 30 years. So mm-hmm. He's so, done I, any podcast I ever see him on. He's I, amazing. I, I love, I watch everything that he's ever interviewed. Right. And they, and I they, love his story. And it's people amazing. trip out because they think he's like, they waiting for Carlton to walk in the room because <laughs> he, I'm like, Daryl is black act. Yeah. And and he he did something that nobody does. You know, I mean, you don't reach out to the clan and invite them to come and break bread with you, which is what, how it started. Mm-hmm. He has done that so many times that he's gotten he's got two closets full of robes of guys who yeah. walked away from the clan. Wow. And by showing it, they bring him the robe. So, of course, you know, knucklehead like me said, hey, Daryl, you ever did you ever try one on? <laughs> You ever, you ever, come on, tell me, you can tell me the truth. I'm, we're on camera now, you know. Right, right. Come on, come on, put them. And Daryl, and he's, and then we're zooming, of course, because it's COVID time. So Daryl looks around the room as if he's not the only one in the room. <laughs> and he comes back, he goes, yeah, I did. He said, I put on a Grand Dragon one, just, just once. I only did it one time. But he did talk about the power that it felt. He's like, I could see how that could get. He's like, there was nobody in the room but me. And just putting that robe on, I felt like, uh, you know, like his status had come up. And there's nobody to appreciate it but him. And so things like that, we. uh, The ritual of uniform, you know. Absolutely. Being able to hide behind it, you know. We interviewed Shimon Williams, who has several rings from the NBA because he's played with a lot of different teams. And and this because I really felt like the NBA got it right during COVID when they were talking about Mm -hmm. racial issues and things like that. Uh, I think that um, uh, who else did we? Oh, Pastor Terry Coffiel, who was she's a white uh, pastor. um, She's a white Methodist pastor who 
was one of the first hundred people arrested when it came time to um, to protest and get Nelson Mandela out of jail. So she was mm-hmm. one of the first hundred people arrested at the embassy trying to get him out. So, I mean, you get to sit down and talk to these people. If I was on the road the whole time, this show would have, ne- you know, right. the show would have never happened. And I wouldn't right. have had that opportunity. Right. Here's what's crazy. Pastor Terry Caffiel right now lives across the street from me. Wow. Literally now lives across oh, really? the street from the oh house that you come to. She lives right across the street from me now. Wow. So, I mean, my life has been absolutely crazy in regard to that. So that, that would have never happened. The other thing that really opened up for me was WTMD. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk One about One of my that. favorite yeah, okay. radio stations. Yeah. Yep. The, the radio, I just wanted to add, like, that seems, what, uh, that opportunity mm-hmm. seems like a, seriously, like a moment in time almost sand through the fingers because a lot of the, these people that you mentioned aren't going to be around Absolutely. much longer. So Absolutely. So to, to capture their message and their experiences now is, I mean, that's unbelievable. That's, and these stories. Right. I mean, the stories are just up. I mean, who knows somebody black that owns Ku Klux Klan robes? I, I mean, you, you know, know it's amazing. Yeah. And I right. think, I think, I think his his story. I I love every anytime. Like I, I said, talked to him last week. <laughs> I freaking love that guy. And what it, what's amazing is about his story, Brent. If you you gotta like because he's done so many podcasts and different. You should have him on the show. Like, I would love to. Is um the contrast to the way like say a cancel culture type. Like, you know, they try to, you today, like, if someone says something that's slightly racist or perceived as that, like, the, the, the concept is... You know, like is, you did when I walked in. The yes. concept is attack that person and and embarrass them and humiliate them, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's the mindset Absolutely. where his mindset was totally different. And he he dealt with, really, you know, the people in the KKK, the most racist Probably, you know what I mean? They get it they're right. Like, yeah. They, they, they get like, it right. They're, yeah. They're, 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 they understand they're it. They're pros. They do. They're, they're pros. good at what they do, but he, the, what he did and the, and the amount of people he changed their views. Yes. By befriending. Like a that's, total like, that's like having somebody change their God. His, that's why, I, yeah, <laughs> that I mean, happen. seriously. That like, doesn't happen. No, like yeah. you, you, most people, like in, say, today, you, they, you, you, KKK, Nazi, you would write them off, or people would think, write them off. There's no saving them. They're just horrible people. But he right? didn't. No, he yeah. didn't. And he, worst, still and he still doesn't. Yeah. And but he changed hundreds of them. He changed their view. He's got closets. That's what I mean. Full of robes. It's an amazing Closet. story if you and just to listen to him talk. I love listening. Anytime and he's not scared. Him, yeah, not. He's not. You would think that an organization like that would have had a hit out on him long time ago. Oh, that's what I'd always say. I can't, he's not scared. No, they they love him. And you put that impact next to the impact that say somebody getting canceled has. And it's, it doesn't it's not even, even compare. Close. It's not even close. No. It's not and, even close. And, I, and I think he would attribute to, and, 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 I, and I believe this to be true myself, I think um, when you know what, and, and, and if I'm offending anybody, you know, because I'm going to speak about my spiritual perspective for a quick second. So, sorry, yeah, just sit tight, you heathen. Hopefully you won't burst in flames. <laughs> I'll come get you on Sunday and maybe learns you a little bit. Not, it's not Austin 316. I'm, I'm banned. Not. I'm banned. That's a gimmick. <laughs> like, uh, uh, when you know what God's assignment is for you in, in life, like, you know, a lot of people spend a lot of time trying to figure out where they belong in this world, why we're here. I mean, you got classes that you can take on that. You can go get a degree and, you know, and that kind of philosophical idea. I teach these classes. Ac- like, that's- absolutely. So, mm-hmm. But when you know what God's assignment is for you, it makes all the trials and tribulations of the, of the world that much easier. Um, and 
I know that I've known mine since I was 17, and that is to bring joy to as many people as I possibly can in every way that I possibly can. So I've done it through wrestling because I got people that recognize me that don't know nothing about the band. They only know me from wrestling. I got people, of course, that know me from the band. I got people now that know me from the radio, and actually they've known me from the radio from mm -hmm. 98 Rock. So with all the other things, all of these other things, because I'm a brilliant businessman, feed each other. So when I came to MCW, it wasn't because I was coming through the door. I didn't have to clean the bathroom because I was selling tickets. Right. But I was selling tickets because I was on the radio at 98 Rock every month, and I'm playing a zillion shows, so you've already seen the band. Mm -hmm. But it was important to me to get here and get some work in, yeah. not just because I didn't want to hurt anybody. That was primary, but also because I wanted to be entertaining. Mm -hmm. I didn't... I've, I've been a part of the uh, the bring the celebrity in and put him over. I, you know, I, I was here when Steve Wilco almost took their kid's head off. <laughs> when because... you said the two clotheslines, that was I almost said yeah. his name out loud. I was like, oh, he's talking about. Steve. I'll say his name. <laughs> Whatever, you know. I, uh, when we had him in there, man, and we, you know, we're you know trying to teach him a few things real quick, and. Real quick. Real, real quick. quick. Yeah. Real and then we quick. were like, uh, yeah, let's get a student in here because I'm like, I'm not. He's not hitting me. I'm not taking that. No, right, I'm not right. taking that. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. So. So we kind of, you know, we showed him and, you know, and worked it, worked it through with him. And, and then everything right. was great, you know, but I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to be that. I, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to be a worker. All right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that and some other things you got going on and also the TMD thing uh, when we come back after the short break. So stay right with on. us. All right. We are back with our special guest, Kelly Bell. I'm special. <laughs> she, she don't mean like helmet special. Hey. That's not. Sorry appropriate terminology <laughs> but we were talking about um your role um and at wtmd which for speaking those, of inappropriate for those in our listening audience that is the uh, local public radio station it's one of my favorites it's one of my favorites you can listen on the web wtmd.org you can you can stream it and mm -hmm. we have listeners all over the world mm -hmm. that's which how i, I didn't do. even know because I I have Sirius XM in my car, so but in my house I'll put it on my um I'll put it on my computer and just stream it. I do the same. Yeah, thing. Yeah, because you know what's great? You never hear the same thing twice, and that's my biggest complaint about regular radio. You know, not and, on uh, my show. You won't. Not, yeah, that's what's great about public radio yeah. in general is that you know you get there's less of an agenda, and you know you can hear like real unfiltered thing. Also, my kid in at his school had a couple people who um were making music and they were playing it on the air so right. you know it was cool to hear and it, it's a nice connection to stuff. the community too and it, sure. it came up it came about in a real strange way again this is another one of those blessings that came out of the, a crazy thing called covid so i'm i'm at my house and i get a phone call from and that i don't even recognize and it turns out to be this guy scott mullins who is the program director at wtmd mm -hmm. and so he and i i've I had been, I've had a relationship with W, with all the, the radio stations in the area. I mean, if, if I'm in your town, yeah, yeah, if I'm in your town, I'm, I'm going to the radio station. A lot of times we have to do something before the show, things like that. You know, we all know how it works. Mm -hmm. So I already had a relationship with some other folks at the station. But um, Scott Mullins calls me and says, hey, man, we're thinking about, you know, trying to try some new and different things. And, and would you be interested in coming up and doing an hour specialty show so i can play anything i want for an hour you know obviously within reason um but i can do anything i want for an hour and i can tape it and no big deal mm -hmm. i said okay uh, i'm I, i'll think about that and I, honestly i was really getting ready to turn it down because i'm 
for those of who don't know, I now have three jobs. And one of them and it was the one I never really talk about, which is I'm a licensed certified social worker. Oh. And I work with kids with emotional difficulties. And I have I've been in the mental health business for a long, long time. That takes a toll, does it not? It it, do, it definitely does. Beats you, it beats me up more than than wrestling did. So um I'm I'm in I'm on the radio, obviously job number two, and in the Kelly Bell band, which is you know, all of them are full time. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Uh, so I go in and I go to record the first show. So I thought I was going to do like three one-hour shows. I'm like, oh, since I'm here, I might as well knock out three weeks. Mm-hmm. That was the plan. But when I get there, they tell me, just do one show because we want the boss to listen to it So they, in case he wants you to change something stylistically or not. So I'm like, okay, fine. I do the one show. Little did I know that he was using that as my demo. He took it to the executive board, played it for them. He came back to me and said, we'd like you to be the voice of the evening. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> he says, well. A superhero? Right. I'm like, yeah, right. Do I, get the, do I have the cod piece like Larry like like Blackman? The lady like, of the evening, the right. lady of the like, night. Where is this going, dude? This better come with a really big paycheck. <laughs> he said, uh, he said uh, we'd like you to be on the air 7 to 10, Monday through Thursday. Oh, and because Friday at seven o'clock they turn they go to, to the specialty shows mm-hmm. because it's public radio, so they only needed me to cover Monday through Thursday, but three hours. So I went from one hour a week that I could tape right to being on the radio twelve hours a week now. <laughs> oh man! Monday through Thursday, I didn't have a schedule for that. Right. No, he- so I had to work my life out to be able to do that. So I now you know my 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 drummer John Robert John Robert Buell. We call him JRB on the band, but on the show, he's John Robert. Mm-hmm. Well, we have the same schedule because he's a manager in another establishment and, and a roofing company during the day. Mm-hmm. He plays drums in the Kelly Bell band at night. And the days in between, we're on the radio together. So we got this, pretty much the same schedule. He doesn't make the same appearances that I have to make and stuff like that. But he, he does the other stuff, the normal stuff. So you, you get him doing this. He says to me at the beginning of June, he goes, hey, man, we got four days off. And I, I looked at him. I was like, man, don't tell me that. Don't ever look at me and tell me that we have four days off again. Because that just makes this month like the longest month in the world. Because we're talking Saturdays and Sundays. You know what I mean? And I'm mm-hmm. in a band. So we're always playing on the weekend anyway. But I'm like, I don't I don't need to hear that. That just makes it lost. Like, that's like, you know, 258 the day before summer break. You know, don't yeah. don't tell me that. He said, yeah, he let me finish my little rant. He said, I didn't mean June. I meant through September. <laughs> and I went, what? What? Don't ever tell me that. <laughs> so uh, I haven't had a day off, dude. And I don't even know. So if I if I only have to work one job in a day, it's kind of like a day off for me. So I haven't, haven't... this is not a day off. Right. So, <laughs> so I haven't known and, and been in the music business as long as you have. And just your people skills and and conversationally and being an MC really as as the leading man of the Kelly Bell band you control the crowd correct a- absolutely um i know how to make them pop i know how to make them hate me i know how to, and i learned that a lot of that the, the hate me part i definitely learned here at MC. <laughs> <laughs> we I were we were hated oh we were, my god yeah. i am a very TQM special was, heel was TQM was oh, yeah. hated, and yeah. you were a part of it. I oh, mean, absolutely. it was great. Wasn't well, first it so I was the face fun? when I came yeah, in exactly. as a face, and y'all beat me up all the time. We did, yeah. Right, and then we I, did. and then of course, you know, I, I ended up realizing that they were they really twisted your arm. Right, right. They, he they, realized the error of they his guided ways. me. He came over the to power the of Cicero <laughs> actually <laughs> helped me. So, <laughs> with the radio, was there anything like 
did you already you knew the business or what when you when you got there was there any like you you're gonna do it your way like i want this format i want to be able to play these songs my way or did you have to kind of fall in line with um well they let me know that don rogers was retiring okay so and and when i went to meet with don and Don kind of trained me, and he was, you know, Baltimore legend. He was there 15 years, and and he's actually, if I I can't make the show, and I need somebody to cover, Don comes back and does it for huh. me, which is awesome. So that yeah. shows what a great guy he is. Um, but um, you know, Don gave me a lot of tips and stuff like that. But he also said, you know, you you've been in the entertainment business for a long time. The microphone thing, man, I got that, I got that. So I'm like, I, I, if you're gonna let me up, you need me more than I need you right now. No offense, <laughs> and it's no offense to the station. Yeah, yeah. I am happy to be part of the family and everything else, but, and and I'm not going to be a jerk here because I'm sitting right here in front of my boss. But I said the same thing when I when they came to me. Mm-hmm. So when they came to me, I said, so when Shark is like, hmm, <laughs> would you uh, be interested in doing some shows with us? And I was like, you got to train me. You got to buy my outfit. You got to pay for my boots, and I want to get paid every single show up front. Yeah, and this business. is how much I want to get. It's mm-hmm. a business, right? And, yeah. you, and the big, and we all know the biggest thing is the training. That's the biggest bill. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm not paying for any of that. Like, right. I'm like, I, I got to walk out of here in the black because I'm gonna walk out of here with, with brute, with purple and black bruises. <laughs> so I, I can't walk out of here in the red. Right. You know, right? So, uh, so you had it, and it kind of, and I, and then we uh, backed off some of that. You know, like I, at, at, at one point, I got to the point. Uh, you know, especially we had some moments where right. we had some times where we were struggling. I, I went to Danny and to Mark and I was like, man, don't worry about me. Like, just put me on the mm-hmm. show. Don't worry about me. Well, Let's get it done. Because I was in, I was part of the family. And, man. and, yep. and yeah. as a promoter, um, there's there there's those um, you know, there's there's those transactions where you're you're both helping each other. You're Absolutely. both kind of you're both picking each other up, or you're both complimenting each other, or patting each other on the back, and that. Our, our trans that's how our transaction was too absolutely you know what some people got to understand you always gotta you know and and like you said you have people that maybe didn't like it you know that but that that wasn't no maybe they definitely didn't like it hey look mm-hmm. some of them told me to like my you face just mentioned it a, a but i ain't saw it you mentioned though. it a little while ago <laughs> like steve wilkos you know yeah, people right. like that we're gonna bring him in but hey at, at this little independent promotion in baltimore is the only promotion where steve from the jerry springer show wrestled professionally right and right. we had 1700 with the biggest crowd we ever had at yep. michael's eighth avenue 1700 people they were out the door yeah yeah for that just you know some, what i mean just so some that context was the, if people haven't like we're talking Steve Wilco, Steve from the from Jerry, the Jerry Springer, Springer Show, Springer show yes. in nine in, in 2000. 2000, 2000 or 2001, right 2001. So it was white hot. You know yeah. the Jerry right. Springer Show was white hot. Yeah. You know you, oh, you know sure. people may only watch it on YouTube or something now in 2020, but in 2001, yeah, it was it was right. it. it was white hot. Yeah. 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 And it was really before everybody figured it out, too. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody yeah. was still right. like, oh, wow, that's everything happening is real. No, not necessarily. Right. It's entertainment. You know, <laughs> yeah. everything you see there's, on the screen is entertainment. There's yeah, that, was a, that was a humongous yeah. show for that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was because it was so many just non and all the, like, the affiliates, like, the local stations wanted to be there to interview mm-hmm. him. It was crazy the amount of, like, press that people wanted to come talk to him. And, and um, that would have been phenomenal press if he had 
showed up at like 11 in the morning, but then he decided to change his ticket and he got there 30 minutes before, before we started. Right, right. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we I'm literally were holding the gates while yeah. we were yeah. trying to show him yeah. what, what needed yeah. to be yeah. done. Literally, yeah. literally, yeah. 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 And he, uh, you know, and again, you know, I mean, not not to take a poop on Steve because it was great that he came and he was he was a very nice guy. Mm-hmm. He was willing to do and try. He's a big fan of anything. the show, so yeah. he's listening. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, I mean, he, he's, I'm not worried about him being a fan of the show. I'm worried about the fact that he's a former cop and he can still find me. <laughs> so that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> Once no, actually, <laughs> we got along great, and 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 again, that's that's the the genius of this guy here, who would, who trusted me to be able to be in the ring with him and do things with him and stuff like that. You know, I mean, like the whole we had this whole fat blues cafe gimmick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would come out. And it was an interview segment. It was the, yeah. the one of the interview shows, and I would come out and you know I did it with Ron Simmons and and mm-hmm. Tito Santana and you know a lot of the yeah. a lot of the big names that came through, and Danny would tell me what he wanted me to do and. And he wouldn't give me a whole lot of direction. He more would tell me, this is how much time I want you to feel. Now, granted, he would have to tell me sometime, 12 minutes, Kelly. 12. <laughs> you do a little long, Right. Baby. A Not little 16. Long. 12 long. minutes. I'm like, okay, I got you. So, you know, like, would, so Tito would come in and Tito would say, you know, I, I, you know, and something that's this way in blues music particularly, respect is very important. So, and, so we all know in wrestling, respect behind the curtain is extremely important it can get you killed back in the day it could get you killed if you didn't have that respect he he tells a wonderful story about taz punching him in the face when he was ribbing axel i remember you told me that story a hundred years ago and him and axel were buddies yeah and taz didn't care it's like you don't talk to no vet like that back here yep so because it was in front of terry funk and rick rude and shane douglas Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and a scene it's it's viewed as disrespectful right so you know music is 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 very much like that as well you know so i forgot where the hell i was going with that steve wilco steve Steve wilco right steve wilco or you were talking Um, about tito and doing your fat yes so i was doing i was i i went up to tito and i said look man i'm i'm gonna get some heat on you man and uh yeah i just want you to know i'm not disrespecting you and this is what i do so like you know they they want me i'm on the stick more than i'm in the ring Okay, that's 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 what they and that's what people show up to mm-hmm. see. So I mean, my T-shirt says "I heart white girls." On the back, it says, "Especially your mom, unless she's fat." I'm saying, you know, I'm like, that's so. I, I'm, that, I'm that's I, rude, Kelly. Yeah, well, you know, it was it was Buzz's idea, it was Buzz Striker's idea. It wasn't my idea. <laughs> no, it was my idea. Of course, it was. So, <laughs> Buzz's only idea was how many sandwiches he could eat before the match. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Buzz. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> wow. So uh, I say, I say, Tito, I'm gonna get some heat on you, man. I hope that's gonna be cool. And he was like, "Man, go on, get your heat, man. Get it set up for me." I was like, "Don't worry, <laughs> don't you, you don't know me. Don't worry, I'm, I'm gonna get him good and pissed off." Yeah. So we go out, and I'm, you know, I'm talking to the man, saying, "Hey, Buzz, you, what has 32 legs and eight teeth?" He's what, boss? Uh, the front row here, the MCW show, right here. <laughs> You know, I'm like, probably accurate. Oh, really. gosh, who I mean, knows? <laughs> and I'd walk up to this one lady, and I said, "What?" I said, "You got the thickest glasses I've had. I feel like I'm standing at a check cashing window. I mean, just stuff like that." Right. And people would rush down front to be abused. <laughs> so then I get on the mic, and I'm saying, "Hey, Buzz, what does a brick and a fat white girl from Dundalk have in common?" He goes, "I don't know what." Just a matter of time before they both get laid by a Mexican. Oh, oh wow. And then here comes 
the music and Tito comes to the curtain and he chases me all around the building and beats the crap out of me. And that was my role. And I and I had no problem with that role. And 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 it transferred to other presentations, both on the radio and and on stage. Because I now I'll get on stage and we'll do 30 seconds of a Black Sabbath song or, you know, a, a Pink Floyd song or something that people, you know, something really super popular and classic that makes you want to jump. In. Oh, that's my song. You know, and you get up and, he's ra- and you run down front and I go, gotcha. We give you 30 seconds and I cut it off. And that's some heel stuff right there. That's not baby face stuff. That's heel stuff right there. I was randomly at a co- I went to College Park for, for college. And I, uh, I was randomly one night out, out at one of the three bars there. This is after you had started at MCW, and mm-hmm. I saw you uh, You were playing, you and your band, and you were doing, like, heel crowd work. Oh, <laughs> and <I'm> yeah. Going, <laughs> and, and I wonder, like, was that, uh, you said this helped you with that a little bit? But... Not only did I do that, but I brought a wrestling ring into one of my concerts. Yeah. Well, we had the at the record theater where we yeah. had the uh-huh. ring in there, and Danny set it all up so that they they basically interrupted the band. At we had a sold out show like two months before, and they showed up, and all of a sudden the lights come up in the back of the crowd, and you know, and and uh, I, I can't yeah. even remember everybody they shut that was it there. Down. You were part of it. They yeah, shut they it down. You blow a big comeback during the most during the most popular song during Homegrown. <laughs> right. So and they interrupt that. So it couldn't have been more offensive to all of those people who paid that money now they are truly pissed right <laughs> and it it played itself out beautifully so we we, it, we know uh, we obviously is a wrestling format but um we'd be remiss to not really dive into the music a little bit and um you mean you don't want to hear how ron simmons punched me in the face okay let's do the I'm ron simmons no, 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 same thing fat blues cafe <laughs> fat blues cafe i talked to ron up front i told him i you know, I'm my thing is to draw him in and suck him in and then, you know, turn on, turn heel on him in the middle of our segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so and Ron knew what was going to happen. But he, and he and he was supposed to, you know, put it on me. But it was there. It was a little stiff. It was there. Huh? It was a little stiff. But how do you tell a four time All-American back curtain that who is also a vet and probably could still rip your head off? Mm-hmm. Um uh, Ron, that was a little stiff, right? You know, anything you want to say to me? No, you don't. You don't say that. <laughs> Two words. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. thank you for keeping me almost safe, sir. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thanks for not finishing the job. Thank you. I still have at least seven more teeth. Right. I appreciate you. And that was about it. But the but the music. You the were music. Say, I, I'm just curious because it's so so many people grow up and, and want to be music or even just nowadays just want to be famous mm-hmm. without any sort of talent. Famous for being famous. When you were starting coming up, what were what were some of the, the the hardest things you had to overcome to break through and really become somebody that promoters called? Well, I think part of it, um, the the genre in which I developed, I call it fat blues music, P-H-A-T. Fat blues. Fat yeah. blues music. And, and simply put, people ask me all the time to describe it. And it's hard to put it in a box because I don't, I didn't grow up listening to one kind of music. So if you want to define fat blues music, it would be, if you could imagine... Muddy Waters wearing a Bob Molly t-shirt, riding on Black Sabbath's tour bus on the way to a Parliament Funkadelic concert, listening to a James Brown 8-track tape, humming a Run DMC song with a Nighthawks ball cap on, all in a glory of Bo Diddley with just a hint of B.B. King and a smidge of Aretha Franklin. That would be merely close to what I mean when I say fat blues music. <laughs> so you can't, you, how do you put that in the bin in a record store? So that's been something that has probably held me back for the whole career. Mm. Also, um, I refused, and I've had managers that I've fired for this because... 
I, I refuse to, to release the moniker of blues because they think it pigeonholes you. Well, the blues reminded me when I was 14 years old and I attempted to take my own life that, that's right, I, in case you missed it, yeah. So when I tried to kill myself, um, the blues reminded me that none of us are alone in our walk through this world. That there's art out there. You know, people always talking about, well, they save the world and we're this and you're going to save the world. But if you ain't saving it for art, what are you saving it for? Right. So, and that includes what we do here. Yeah. You know, so that includes getting in that ring. And that's why, that's why you got students out there right now that's willing to get in the ring and they'll go <laughs> wrestle somewhere, anywhere, not for MCW because we're going to take care of them here, but they might go down the street someday and wrestle for peanuts. Just because they want to, they want to get that art form out. The love of the craft. You got a guy that'll go paint a fire, a fire extinguisher because nobody will pay for him to paint a canvas. So he'll paint a fire extinguisher for free. And, and there's nothing wrong to go back. Just <laughs> there's nothing wrong with the guys that do that for a long time. Absolutely not. To do it, I did it, and that's what we talk about that passion and all that's Dudes. instilled. You know what I mean? Yeah. For years, for years, I did it for nothing. You know what I mean? Just to. To get those reps. Right. To get those reps and to be in the ring and to be able to just be in the ring and to have the the privilege to be in the ring and perform. And that's the word. It's privilege. And, mm -hmm. and the moment you take that for granted, you shouldn't get to do it anymore. Because the people that come to see you, I don't care if they pay five bucks, 50 bucks or 500 bucks. And I've been in situations where people have paid all of that. And, I, and I'm saying none of that matters. It's your time that you don't get back. Mm -hmm. You don't get that. We all going to make more money. But you don't get that time back. There's nothing you can do unless you got a DeLorean that can go 88 miles an hour. There's nothing you can do to give me my time back. So how dare you take take that for granted? And and I'm getting ready to say something here on this broadcast that I have never said publicly before. And that is I do not drink. He knows this. Mm -hmm. I don't drink. I I did drink long back. In, and people think, oh, well, he must be. He's in entertainment. He's an alcoholic. He must be. No. I was just thinking that. I, I, and and I, I can understand that, especially given your condition. Because um, you look drunk now. Anyway. When, I get, when I get drunk, I walk perfectly straight. I can believe that. I can believe that. that we should go together. Because if I ever start drinking again, I'll just give him the keys. And I'll be like, come on. You're pulling me over? It's not going to work. Yeah. Like, come on. He drove a motorcycle to my house. No. But uh, you're, you're being a good sport, man. This is awesome. Yeah. I got to take you everywhere I go. And you're big enough to fit in my wallet. That's so true. that's awesome. <laughs> uh, no, but I mean, that, that the passion that he's talking about, man, you, you, can't, you can't replace that. You know, you, you don't get that time back and you shouldn't take advantage of it. And one time I got drunk on stage. And it's because fans were feeding us shots of whiskey. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you're having a great time. Oh, 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 oh yeah. no. And by the by the time we got to the third set, I was like, I didn't hey, hey, hey. Oh, no. And uh this is not what they paid to see. No, and I'm I thought Muddy Waters would have never Muddy Waters put a suit on. I mean, he he'd stand mm -hmm. in ninety-five degree weather with a suit on outside entertaining people. And then go back, change his change his clothes, smoke a joint, and and eat a bunch of uh, ice cream. <laughs> he, was no, he was notorious for that. But when he hit that stage, he was about his business because he didn't respect. And it wasn't just about the money and delivering the service right. and being on time and getting off on time and all that other stuff. It was about the folks who came to see him. He did not take that for granted. And I, I learned that and, and uh, from a lot of these blues cats, too, man. Albert Collins was a, a mentor of mine. He's the master of the telecaster, a great blues man. Look him up if you don't know. Albert Collins. Um, and Albert Collins, we were backstage one day, and he, I watched him. It's when I understood the show. 
I, this guy came in with his albums and he wanted Albert to sign them. And, you know, and Albert turned into Albert Collins, the showman like that. And was the moment the guy hit the dressing room door, bop. And then he was just two friends talking again. And Albert told me the story one time. He said there was a time and we've all been through this where music wasn't doing that well for him. God rest his soul. Uh, and he was he's a carpenter by trade. So he's in this mansion and he's painting around the chandelier. He's cutting it around the chandelier and he's standing on this really tall ladder. And the owner comes in and goes, oh, my God, you're Albert Collins. You're the master of the Telecaster. Oh, get down there before you hurt your hands. Get down. Get down. He helps him down. He takes, I got guitars. I got guitars. And he takes him back to his room where he has 400 guitars all oh my around. It's just ridiculous. So just a giant room full of guitars. And he looks, this is my favorite Telecaster right here. Would you sign this for me? And they're like, so Albert, you know, he gave the guys time. He was very nice to him and everything. Mm -hmm. But then he was also like, I appreciate you for knowing who I am, but. Don't tell anybody. I gotta no. I gotta. I gotta go finish, finish what I'm doing because oh. that's paying my rent right now. Right. Yeah. The adulation is gonna help feed my soul, but that that chandelier is paying my rent, so I got to get back and, and get this house note paid. Well, Albert told me you never know who you're talking to. Well, like the the guy who came in. Mm -hmm. That was my lesson. You never know who you're talking to. The man, the house that he was painting was Eric Clapton. He didn't know who Eric Clapton was. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's great. Here, Eric Clapton is, is like, Albert He's, Collins is like one of his guitar heroes. He said, don't hurt your hands. He, don't hurt your hands. He oh flipped goodness. out. It was Eric Clapton. He said, I ain't know nothing about cream. I ain't know nothing about her. He was like, I ain't know. He's like, I'm from, I'm from the South. He's like, he was like wow. you know, I'm, I'm a working man. Like, I'm, people know my name, but that's because they, I drove 300 miles to the next show. Right. You wow. know, and then got back in the, in, the, in, the, in the station wagon and slept in the back while somebody else drove 500 miles to the next show. And I did that for, you know, 40 years, he said. Mm -hmm. That's what he knew. He didn't know nothing about no Eric Clapton. Yeah. Wow. But Eric Clapton was responsible for getting him back on the road, and he never had to go back to carpentry again. Really? Wow. Yep. He never had to go back again. He played that guitar to right till his ending days, and hmm. until cancer sucks, by the way, which we all know. Yep. You know, rest in power, RJ. So, yeah. Wow. So well, we uh, story. We, yeah. yeah. We I'm know, full of it. We know for a fact <laughs> you never get better unless you're around people. Make better you than better. you. That's right. Right? That, that make, make you, you better. better. And same thing with wrestling. Same thing in any facet of the show biz. Mm -hmm. Music, entertainment. And um, speaking of entertainment, do we have to take, take a, a break? break. Take yep. a break. All right. Don't shoot the messenger. We'll be back <laughs> with more Kelly Bell here on MCW Cast. All right. We are back. Um, before we get into a little bit more of your music, something I wanted to bring up, we've talked about it a lot during the breaks, but uh, something I, and you mentioned it, I, I wasn't sure if we were able to talk about it or if you wanted to, but you kind of mentioned it earlier, what you do for job number one, which is probably the most important job that you do. Um, that I've always admired over the years is your your work as a as a social worker. Yes, I'm a I'm um, a licensed certified therapist. Yeah, and uh, because many times, um, in the twenty years I've known you, when you can ready put through, yourself out there, huh? Yeah. Well, you know what? You're one of the first guys when I'm going through stuff that I've been through. Um, you know a lot of very intimate stuff about me because of your 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 history and your experience. I've reached out to you to say, hey man, I need I need to I don't not talk to Kelly, my friend, but I need to talk to Kelly, the, the professional. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, he literally, he literally will talk yeah. it like that too. Yeah, and um, and you've been there for me, and we've had some lengthy, lengthy conversations. You've never turned me down, so I, I've always just admired. I, I mean, I think it's just so important, you know. what I mean, what you do. 
And mm-hmm. and and two things. One, um, I'm still waiting on my check. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, <laughs> I, owe you, I owe you for no, a lot no, of no, sessions. No, 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 also, but uh, it's you know I often in interviews that people ask me what what I want my legacy to be. I've been nominated for Icon, the Icon Award in Maryland for Entertainment of the Year, all that other stuff. A lot, uh, I've been very blessed, man, and, and and won a lot of things. But when you want to know what my legacy is, it's knowing that. You know you can call me. It's that it's that's what I want my legacy to be. Uh, you know, I love being Rage TV champion. It was all <laughs> I'm one of the first people when we got this belt done. I'm one of the first people that uh-huh. got to carry it around. It was fantastic. Um, and getting to carry these, you know, I mean, all of that is just is just been amazing. But that's not my legacy. That's my legacy, because. He knows that if he needed me for anything, I would be there. If it's at all possible, I would be there. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't be no questions asked. And it was because he welcomed me into his family many, many moons ago and didn't have to. You know, I talked about it, you know, before about the difference between a fantasy and a dream. A fantasy is something that everybody wants to do, and a dream is something that you're willing to work your ass off for. And I did not have to work my ass off to get to the place that he brought me in. So I felt obligated to work my ass off to not embarrass him because of the opportunity that he gave me. And having that relationship and knowing that you can do that, that that is truly what my legacy is. I want I want a guy that may have played uh, guitar in my band, you know, uh, when he's struggling with his marriage, even though he may not be in the band anymore, to call me and say, hey, Kelly, what do you think? Or a friend who's starting a business or or a buddy whose mom passed away and He's like, would you come honor my mother at the service? Because I don't think I can talk. Have you ever had one of these? I mean, you've worked with so many of people you idolized. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a position where someone you idolized came to you? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, that, didn't I tell you? Uh, I well, we're not paying attention. Right. Right. Steve Lucas, you hear the love of you, you, that was set up perfect. Yeah, yeah well, I had to dunk that. Right, right. <laughs> Thanks. Give this five dollars now. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That, that that that's happened many times. That's and pretty it's, surreal, right? It it absolutely is, man. It's a surprise, man. I, you know, and and again, that comes back to what you what you want your legacy to be, man. And and for me, it comes back to again, knowing my assignment from from the higher power. You know, and that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for, and it's it's not. It, it also speaks to the relationship that we have, and 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 who he is as a man. But you know, he's also you know, I, there's plenty of times I didn't like him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty, of, especially when I wasn't supposed to like him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Plenty of times we really we really could look like we really hated each other. Uh, but no, I, I I I'm blessed, man. Yeah, I've had I've had folks from well above me and status wise. Um, the celebrity thing is never something I've really been used to. I think I handle it well, um, but I know its place. Yeah, because we're all in a business where your ego can really get the best of you mm-hmm. and absolutely destroy your career. And we have all seen our friends and people that we know do it. Um, that was another reason why I stopped drinking mm-hmm. again. And we would, we had talked a little bit about that because I'm taking advantage of people's time and stuff like that. I also can't do everything that I do and do it optimally. And I'm and again, you're cheating your audience or you're cheating your client or you're cheating mm-hmm. yourself. And if you want to take it one step further, 
you're not completing your assignment. I, I mean, it was it, it jumps out at me because I saw it like uh, in some of the research, like some of the people, you know, and work like Bo Diddley, like. Bo started my band. If mm-hmm. if, yeah. if just people out there, I don't know much about music. Mm-hmm. I Bo Diddley has is is one of them. It's probably pioneer the most rock famous, and roll. Pioneer rock mm-hmm. and roll. The most it, it, it's uh da 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 da. Is that not the Bo? That's Diddley the Bo beat? Diddley beat. Yep. It, it mm-hmm. goes to so chunk, many. Chunk, 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 chunk. I mean, the man has his own beat yep. and the foundation rock and that's rock the and roll. box guitars. Everybody knows that's him when they see it. It's madness that these these men like and and. It, artists have come in and out of your life or stayed in you know so it's just it's pretty cool to think if you really go for something or, or honest and pure about your intentions with it and how much you love it and chase it and you got you got some talent and you show up like wow well that i mean you just said something that's that's half the battle right there right showing up showing up yeah and and a lot of people and that's i mean that's what they out there you know Beating them students half to death to, to see who's going to come back through the door tomorrow. Yeah, and well, they, they're not calm dumb down enough. a little bit since when you walk through yeah. Bone Breaker. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's, let's right. clarify yeah. that. that. That was disclaimer. That was but, entirely what happened. Then right, that was entirely what happened. But there's still there's still an element of you got to have an element of make, toughness. We let's want not, them to prove that. I, I know we want people to walk through the door and we want people to work, but we also got to be truthful. You know, a chair is still a chair. A right. table. There's no gimmick chairs. There's no gimmick tables. It's right. just physics. Well, if well, you hit it in the middle, it breaks. One thing I realized, and this was always uh, it's always a discussion of like what because RJ came up through that school too like mm-hmm. the reality is is just doing this is way harder than people even can begin to imagine the just ring, running the I'd ropes al- I'd always say to RJ I'd say just let the ring weed people out because the ring <laughs> right. weeds people out you don't have to you don't have to intentionally hit someone harder than you would you just have to let them get in the ring and feel what that ring actually feels like. I got a great example. So back in the day at Bonebreakers, we were we were working out one day, and of course, you know, we got the. It was one of those really hot days. The garage door. The garage door is open. No airflow. No airflow. Everybody's dying, and I'm not having to run around the building again because I didn't come in. This, I didn't have to do that. I'm moving tickets. Yes. Hey, whatever. I didn't yeah, have to do yeah. that. So, but I'm, but I'm in, I'm bumping like everybody else. I'm drilling like everybody else. So this guy comes in and he is, he looks like an anatomy chart. He is ripped to shreds. He's about, I'd say he's probably about 240, 250, like six feet, you know, blonde haired, you know, Greek mm-hmm. God. Looking. Prototypical yep. of what you would think of pro wrestler. Maybe. He killed the calisthenics. He did everything that he needed to do. Now you finally get your opportunity to get in the ring and learn how to take a back bump. Your first one. And they teach you the safest way you can possibly do it. Tuck your chin. I ain't got everybody think. He takes his bump. He rolled out the ring. Nobody ever saw him again. <laughs> Nobody ever saw yeah, him. Yeah, there was a lot of those guys. Yeah. A lot yeah. of those yeah. guys. I, yeah. We were like, where? I mean, he literally didn't say. He rolled out of the ring, grabbed his stuff off the couch, and rolled. <laughs> no and there was a lot of those again. guys. I mean, hundreds like over the three decades that I've been a trainer, which interesting when, when you, when people talk about like tough sports and then they go, Oh, wrestling's fake or MMA, this or football. I got every surgeries that said wrestling ain't, fake. everything <laughs> is tough on a different level. And pro wrestling is because we had MMA fighters that probably could have legitimately beat up most of the guys they were, but they couldn't take the pro wrestling 
Yeah, they would. They, they would couldn't be take. They, they, they would, and they couldn't take that and the bumping in the ring and hitting and slamming their head off the mat and trying and, to tuck your chin and banging mm-hmm. like they could do MMA or they could do football. You know, football players yeah. could go out and get sacked by other three hundred pound guys, but get in the ring and start throwing yourself mm-hmm. around the ring and you're slamming your head on the back of the mat like I can't take that. So I just think all of those. MMA, there's a there's a certain respect that you need for all of those things, yeah. whether it's playing football, play, MMA, right? Because you may not run out, you may not run yeah. out of the wrestling ring either, and go put on a helmet and get in and get in right. on the field with Ray Lewis right. either, right? <laughs> you know, right? You might have played some football, right? But you ain't play with Ray Lewis, exactly. You ain't, you ain't get hit right. by him, hundred percent. He could yeah. change your whole day. You know? Know? <laughs> yeah. Anybody that has a clue in any form of showbiz can go and watch anything, a movie, uh, a play. A uh, rock show, a uh, wrestling show, and if you're in it and you have a clue, you can re- you can appreciate the dedication and the art. Uh, any Olymp- anybody in the Olympics yeah. right now? But there's it's just another, like the dedication. It's crazy. There's another piece that that we haven't touched on that wrestling has that other sports don't have, and sports and entertainment don't have, and that is the the ability to swallow what you believe to be your integrity. <laughs> yeah, because there's, I mean, yeah. and there's, it is a saying in wrestling that there's no integrity in wrestling. There, there is, but what what that statement is saying is because they they let people know that you if if it's your job to be putting somebody over today, then that's what mm-hmm. you're supposed to be doing. You know, if if RJ can come to the ring as former MCW heavyweight champion in a diaper and a you know a bonnet, <laughs> and you you better not be backstage to him and tell him what you're not going to do. Right. Yeah. You know, if I can come to the ring dressed in my uh, Haystacks Calhoun gimmick, you know, I mean, I, it's it's whatever the job is right. done because it's not about you. You you polish your skills. You do everything you can. You practice your promos. You do all of that stuff. But it's about those people and their time and coming and sitting out in that crowd. And you, you are going to do what makes sense for them mm-hmm. so that they can pop because they need it. Because as entertainers... Here's here's why I th- I think about my wrestling career and I think about like and being a being a musician as well entertainment period. I loved being a heel because if this guy comes to the comes to the show and he brings his four kids and he's paying twenty twenty five bucks to get every kid in there everybody's buying a shirt you know everybody's getting popcorn hot dogs and everything else everybody's getting a a, a belt anything you know everybody's pumped and. And, and indie wrestling is so much better, no offense to other mm-hmm. big companies, but it's better because when somebody gets picked up and slammed, you don't have to wait for the microphone to pick it up because you're in the third tier. They're already standing up and going into the next spot before you hear the bang from the last slam. That's, you know, indie wrestling, you're standing right there. Mm-hmm. You can feel it. You can see them <laughs> They're sweating. sweating on you. Right, right. <laughs> They're you're sweating. sweating on you. You, can, you might be able to touch them when they walk by instead of right. having some guy in a red coat push you out of the way, mm-hmm. you know? That... For me, that when that guy does all of that to take his family because he hates his job, he goes to his job every single day as much as he can't stand it, but he got to feed them kids and take care of that woman and keep that house and them lights on. They got him. He does what he's going to do, and he comes home, and that Saturday night, he goes and brings all the kids, brings the family, buys himself an $8 beer, I call him a redneck, say something nasty about his little ratty children, all that other <laughs> stuff, and wave my finger. This guy gets it. Mm-hmm. He understands what we do. But just for a moment, as the beer releases from his fingertips, as he's throwing it at me, and he realizes, I just threw an $8 beer <laughs> at a character. Yeah. 
But there's I just, it's cathartic. But that's what he but bought a ticket for. But you don't go yes. see Othello and question whether that guy really thinks he's a king. Right. No, you allow yourself to be sucked into it because mm -hmm. it's more fun that way. Mm -hmm. And yep. when that guy's leaving here, if they're not standing outside waiting for the same guy's autograph, now they're walking to the car and his kids are putting him over. Did you see what dad did to Kelly Bell? Yeah, he really gave it to him, didn't he? <laughs> and that guy's feeling great. He goes to work on Monday and he comes home from work, pats his wife on the butt, and he, for the first time, in a month he does not kick the dog yeah and i mm -hmm. gave him that mm -hmm. i gave him that and that is what we do and if you take that for granted you shouldn't get to do it right you shouldn't get to and do it. and there's nothing else no, no industries quite like that that have that strange hard to put it in again hard another thing that's hard to put it, it's it's live action improv athletic yeah. entertainment right. What's that saying, Jeff Garrett? What was Jeff Garrett saying? For those who don't understand, uh, no explanation for, will do. For no, for those who do understand, no explanation is needed. Is needed That's right. it, and it's perfect. Okay. It's and just like you said. It's just like what when I I'm you know in my forties, but when I went to see Avengers a couple years ago, man, when Iron Man died, when Tony Stark died, he died. Oh yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, and I, you know right. what I mean. I obviously, you know, he what might I'm have saying? been sitting in the crowd, but yeah, he died. So I've never, right, but right. I've never understood that. You, like I've given up over the years trying to explain that when non wrestling fans they try to say, but this, and I'm like, man, I like that's why I always think of that Jeff Jarrett. Like I'm not even gonna because you're not gonna understand. Not like gonna I could, it. I could explain it to you. Like I just did is, hey, when I went to the movie theater, yeah, Tony Stark right. died, but you're still gonna go, but. It's not, right. No, right. it's the same thing. Right. It's, it's the, all about it's like it's when same. people say wrestling is fake. You're just looking at them, and it's like, well, then your whole life is fake. You know, like every yeah. movie you watch, every show you watch, like all of that. Like, what is your definition of fake? Because, like, you don't say that when Tom Cruise gets right. hurt doing a stunt. Yeah. We're getting a, we're getting an emotional reaction from you. What's fake about emotions? Not, abs right. Nothing. Absolutely. And like, you that's also our sit, job. You sit at the end of Jackie Chan's movies just to see the things that went wrong. Right. Just yeah. just so you can see, wow, he really is a tough guy. Mm -hmm. Well, you get to come see me do it. Mm -hmm. You get to come see. You get to be right here. You don't have you. You can't rewind it. You can't stop it. You don't have time to go and get popcorn. You should have got right. it at the intermission. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's that's a big part. Another thing, another part of it too, and, and all entertainers, and I'm, I'm lucky and blessed enough that I've been in so many different forms of entertainment, mm -hmm. movies and commercials and all that stuff. I've been around in all, a lot of different things. But people don't understand too what, what goes through your, your life as an entertainer, your personal life. So I mean, you, I, there's there's a couple of there's a few divorces right here at this table. Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm saying, you know, I mean, it, it's we've it, we've racked up a bunch of them. Yeah, you know, yeah. I yeah. mean, we could, and we and most of us got the same lawyer. I think. So. I think we all <laughs> were at each other's right. weddings. We, yeah. def we, all, we definitely yeah. all have the same therapist. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, I mean, but you know, you you send yourself to that, and I think that's a lot of things that people don't know. Like, I didn't, I I wasn't at my father's funeral, and people think that even the people in my band didn't get that. And I'm like, we were playing a wedding that day, and that it was planned for. My father was in Texas, and they wanted, you know, the people that booked this wedding changed their they changed their date three times. And the backstory is this guy was, when he first came to see us, he was 12 years old. We were playing at Oriole Stadium. And they were coming in for opening day. We were playing the big festival. He fell in love with the band in that moment. He refused oh. to his parents to go into the game until we were done our set. Mm. So he falls in love with the band. So then he brings his girlfriend in college. Mm. Well, sorry, first date. 
It's the first date. He brings her to see us. They end up falling in love. He asked her to marry her, marry him years later at one of our shows. So now it just makes sense Jeez. that we should okay. be playing his wedding. Because now you're part of his story. They bought 450 CDs to be to, to be the thing that, that they give to the all the parting right, favor. Right, the swag bag. Right, wow. that's the yeah. swag bag for everybody that's coming to the wedding. And they changed the date three times. I could not tell those people that I couldn't be there for them. Did they I change the date it. because working around your schedule? Yes. Wow. Working oh, around wow. the band schedule, yes. So I thought about what my father would have said. First of all, my father would have been like, fool, I'm dead. Ain't no more dead today. This is dead as I'm going to get. <laughs> my father was not the spiritual man that I am, let me right. just say. So he would be like, this is about as dead as get, dead gets, all right? So relax. You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> so... Uh, he he also would have said, fool, go ahead and make that money. Right. That's my dad. But for me, it was the commitment. That's like the people, that's their time. Mm -hmm. That's that people being out there. Mm -hmm. You can't take that for granted. So I had all the guys in my band come to me independently and as a group to try to convince me, like, man, you, you this is going to be a regret. I said, no, it won't. Trust me, I know what I'm doing. This is It won't be a regret. So I wrote, I wrote his eulogy. My cousin performed it for me at his service. It was great. And I went down two weeks later to spend the time with my stepmother and it was right when she, when the phone calls and the flowers stopped coming and the cards stopped coming. And then I come rolling in. Mm -hmm. It was just what she needed. Right. She was ready to take the pictures down. Right. I, I showed up on the day that she was talking about taking the pictures down and starting to put things up. And then we can mm -hmm. go through some of his stuff together where she's not breaking her heart to do it. Yeah. Right. And if she needed a hug, I was there to do it. Mm -hmm. So it turned out to be perfect. Everybody in my family didn't necessarily feel necessarily feel that way and even now when i tell there's probably people watching us right now that going i would have never done anything like that i'm that they're not, not, no you're wrong my father's tattooed on my back he's my, he's the greatest man i ever knew mm -hmm. he's the most important person wasn't my biological father i'm adopted he chose to love me mm -hmm. and he was the kind of dude in a, in a very bitter divorce he could have he could have walked to the judge and said your honor that one's not mine that one's not mine. Just this one. So I'm paying for this one. He didn't do that. He paid for all of them. And he never told anybody. We didn't know. Wow. That's that's some grown man yeah. stuff right there. That's some grown man stuff. So how you not love a guy like that? Right. So even with that guy, I got to say, I can't be there for his dust because that's what it was. I got to go. He, his life is over. These other people's lives are starting together. So I, I got I to gotta go do this. And then I got to go make my apologies. And let's just think about this. That when you meet somebody new and you really dig them and you say, oh, yeah, I just, you know, let's hang out. Cool. And you, everything hits off. So maybe the third or fourth time that she says to you, you know, my friend Tanya is getting married this Saturday and I really need a date. And then you got to say, well, tell Tanya congratulations for me. Because I'm going to be in Tennessee because I have a contract from eight months ago that says I better be there or I'm going to get sued. Mm. Yeah. And everyone understands that in the right. beginning. And <laughs> when you try to tell the next one that comes along <laughs> about the story of the one before oh, and you say, yeah, yeah. yeah people, oh, she, did she, she did, know what you do? She doesn't get you. She not right. <laughs> she, she understands. She knew what you did. She know what you did before she met you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Y'all all say that right. until you're the, the uh, still, yeah. you're the one mm -hmm. in the seat. And it's the third time I'm telling you I can't be there because I don't in that moment. Or if you come to a show and you go, can you come here for a minute? No, there's 200 people in line waiting to get their CD signed.
no, I can't come here right now. I'm not here to entertain you because I belong to you when we get home in the kitchen and I'm drinking hot tea to prepare my voice so I can do this all again tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. Right now, I belong to everyone in this building. And and people don't get that. And rookies don't get that because they're there for themselves. Mm -hmm. People that aren't involved don't get that. Yeah, it's I like got, that in the wrestling to business. To this day, you, I'll yeah. have people that outside of wrestling or friends or what and they'll I'll yeah come to a show and they'll come to a show and they'll bring their kids and then I'll I'll have like 40 text messages from them right. and like then they're like oh man I'm I here. just wanted you to come I'm out here. like we right. come out like you you didn't answer me you didn't respond <laughs> to me. I'm at work yeah that show that right. you were that that six seven hundred people like right. there were like I was running that show right right that's that was why me. I couldn't come out right and hang out with you in the crowd right, right. I'm not like, kidding. You know, Saturday, yeah, uh, Sunday, I got six messages after our show for Resurrection. I got six messages by the time I woke up the next morning. Oh, I tried to say hi to you, but you looked yeah. like you were always in a hurry. Yeah, you know how much stuff was on my list oh, to yeah. do? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Absolutely. Like, I put five miles on from 12 o'clock until 1130 that night, and I didn't leave this building. Like, wow. Wow. steps-wise? Steps five Seriously? miles. Yeah, I do it every time, every show. People, by the end of the night, I'm barefoot. What do you and, to keep track? Your Apple Watch. Yeah, I'm barefoot, dragging my six-inch heels around because I've been in them for the last twelve hours. So yeah, I like I, you better in nine. Well, <laughs> my people who my people, feet don't go in those. Uh, sorry. People who say they don't get it or I would never do that. You're damn right, you never would. Right. Because you'll never do what it takes to get this far Absolutely. in a craft that you love. And yep. that's 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 the bottom line. Or you won't be able to humble yourself when you do get the skills. There's plenty of guys that got the skills, mm -hmm. but the attitude is jack. Right. Right. Or they're the here, they they're worried about their match and their match only or their set or their music. Or you know what I mean? Their their tunnel vision to what they need to do or they feel they need to do, but they're not seeing like the whole big picture, you know? And like, that's why MCW right. is different from the other, even from the other independents, because you, you get somebody like Lita who is standing at her Hall of Fame celebration and, and one of the first things she says is she comes back to shout out Danny and, and mm -hmm. MCW. Uh, she didn't have to do that, you know, but the, the family vibe and the commitment to this, you know, I fell in love with it. I, I felt like I could have come in here and done my celebrity thing and done my one or two shows and been gone and, you know, kept the videotape and that would have been it. Cause, yeah. Because that's how old I am. It was videotape. I'm pretty sure somebody chiseled it. <laughs> but anyway, but when uh, in doing that, you know, I, I end up being part of this family, mm -hmm. you know, and and back then just about. I don't know, 75 percent of the people on the roster were at my wedding when right. I got married. Yeah. Um, and fortunately, most of them were, uh, at my party, at my divorce party. <laughs> so, so it came full circle. Well, speaking of divorce, I don't know if you have alimony still, but we got a new CD album, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, talk about this. Album. Album. Oh, this is nice album segue, number, album number 13. It's called Know My Name. Number th Lucky number 13, Know My Name. Yep. Lucky number 13. It's, uh, it's, honestly, it's one, I think it's one of our best efforts in, mm. in, in artistically, um, Know My Name, the, the title track is, a, is written from a child's perspective and it's about a very, uh, it's about a, a rough breakup of a marriage actually. But it's written from what the kids felt like watching it. Oh. And, and also the commitment. And, it, and, it's, and it's neat because it doesn't, make the, it doesn't make a villain out of either parent at all. It doesn't do that at all. It just kind of, it just shows two people sometimes have to get away from each other so they can be better parents for the kid that they created. However, mm. that doesn't mean they understand that the kid doesn't go through stuff 
with it with it being different. Yeah. And that's what that song is about. And and there's so many there's there's just a lot of reflections going on there, man. A lot of a lot of really cool stuff. And going that's on what that separates CD. this album from maybe well, the other ones. Or? I, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of things uh, uh, about um about all of our music. I think that's introspective, but a lot of things are just about things that we've seen and 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 we've met. You know, we got an album called Reincarnated, and that that song itself is just about people we've met on the road and stories that they've told us. You know, just. And, and people think, oh, well, that's, is that about your family? No, that, no, that's not about anybody in my family. That's mm-hmm. that's about the people that I've met on the road that tell me their stories. I had We have a song called Don't Go. And um, this guy uh, comes up to me and, and my guitar player, and Ryan, and he says, you guys got a couple of minutes. And you know how you are. The same thing. Mm-hmm. When I'm at a show, I'm in the same right. mode. You know, I'm in Kelly Bell mode. So I'm, there's things I got to do. And, you know, I know my, my task. So. This guy, but you know, sometimes you, somebody, there's something in their eyes that says, you got to give this guy some time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm giving him some time and he says, um, I I just got to tell you a story. He said, I was married, you know, I'm married to my wife for 37 years. And she woke up one morning and decided she didn't want to be married to me anymore. And she told me she was leaving. And within, you know, two, three hours, she was out the door, gone. He spent the next two years trying to get her back. Two years wow. trying to get her back while they were separated. She ain't, she wasn't seeing him at all. She didn't come past the place. She wasn't meeting him for dinner. She wasn't asking him for nothing. She went out. She had her job. She went there her life. She was like, go live your life because I'm not trying to do it. It wasn't even about necessarily about being with somebody else. She just woke up and had a midlife crisis, I guess, and decided she didn't want to be with him no more. He was brokenhearted, and he had decided that he was going to take his own life. He had made the commitment. He had the date picked out, everything. So on the night that it was happening, the one thing they had in common was the Kelly Bell Band. So they had seen zillions mm-hmm. of shows together. He takes our song, Don't Go, puts it on the on the CD player, calls her, puts the phone by the thing, plays it. When the song ends, he pushes end. He never said hello, never said anything. Mm-hmm. He wanted that to be the last thing he heard, that she heard when she found out what was he was mm-hmm. getting ready to do. So he went and got his gun. He got a glass of some expensive scotch and he sat down. And when he was done with that scotch, that was that was going to be the day. Doorbell rang 45 minutes later. He opens the door and she's standing there crying with her bags in her hand. Wow. So he's telling me that my mouth is about three feet on the floor. My guitar player's in tears. I'm starting to cry. He's crying, telling the story. His wife now walks up. She comes walking up, and she's the drunk chick at the festival. She's got the red stain to prove it, right in her white blouse. She's two-fisting it. And she's looking at us like this. And she's like, oh, hell. He told you the story, didn't he? And we were like, yeah, he did. And, but you can't, you can't put a price on that. Right. You can't put a price on that. So, and that's what we do. That's not about money. That's not. That's just about talent and making a connection with people. And mm-hmm. when you talk about forms of entertainment, wrestling is one of the biggest. I mean, it's all about making the connection with people. We all know people who have been in the business who are flat awful at it, but because they can make a connection with people, they have had longevity in their careers. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I was never the best wrestler. I'm never <laughs> pretending to be that. But couldn't nobody beat me on this. <laughs> couldn't nobody beat me on this. Where can we uh, get the new CD? Anywhere you're streaming music, anywhere you're you're getting music, Apple Apple Music. Uh, you can go to kellybellband.com or fatblues.com, P-H-A-T. Uh, also, if you want to check us out again at WTMD. And that's evenings, correct? Evenings with Kelly Bell, 897WTMD.org if you want to stream it, if you're out of the listening area and you want to check it out. We got people from Japan that are checking out the show, which is awesome. Now, are you back to a live touring schedule again, too? Or you got yes. some dates that we can throw out there? Um, I would invite them to go to our Facebook. Okay. Look, Check us out on Facebook, okay. Kelly Bell Band, or check us out. Go to kellybellband.com because... I never know where I am. People ask me that question. I don't even know when I get out the bus. I don't know where I am sometimes. That's why I never go, hey, Cleveland. It's good to be here right. in Seattle. I, I screwed. I learned this that lesson. Columbus. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not successful. Yeah. I'm not yeah. successful in the music or in entertainment period because I haven't made any mistakes. I've made all of them. Mm -hmm. Just not twice. Uh, so I don't even say the city anymore unless I'm absolute unless there's a poster in the back a big <laughs> banner with the city name on it welcome you to know? Cleveland right right exactly because a lot of bands will like you know write it on a piece of paper and tape it to the monitor so that's just cheap I'm just there's, there's, <laughs> that you know be more be more be a better artist than that be more skillful than that there's mm -hmm. ways to talk about have, getting people to have a great time I get on stage and tell people let's party man I ain't had a drink in over 20 years. Yeah. But I'll tell you in a minute, you know, let's do it. Because right. this is, you're not, you're not here to be my buddy. You're here to be entertained. Yeah. It's yeah. my damn job. Yep. And it's the same thing in the ring. Yeah. Well, no matter what you, I mean, you, wrestlers will do things that nobody else will do. And I've, I've been a martial artist. I traveled on the national karate circuit for years. I did long before I became a wrestler. I was an amateur wrestler. I've done a lot of sports, but there's, the craziest locker room I've ever been in is definitely uh, a wrestling locker room. Yeah. It's definitely yeah. a wrestling locker well, room. Well, a, tr a true renaissance, man. Yeah. Kelly Bell, I mean, radio, obviously the music, pro wrestling, social work, blacksmith. Um, Did, what did you just call me? Uh, <laughs> you're canceled. Cobbler. <laughs> you're canceled. You're canceled, Brent. Personal <laughs> psychiatrist. You just got right. canceled on Twitter. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Listen, it has been a real pleasure to have you here. Um, Fans, we want you to know our next show coming up is September 17th. We'll be doing a very, very special show. Bruiser I know Strong. this is something near and dear to your heart as well. It's the Bruiser Strong Memorial Show, so you can get tickets at uh, mcwproWrestling.com or our authorized ticket outlet at Hideaway Collectibles where you can get not just MCW tickets to our upcoming shows, but if you are collecting wrestling memorabilia, sports memorabilia, you're looking for hard-to-find autographs, Funko Pops, whatever, go to hideawaycollectibles.com or stop by their store located in Pleasant Dundalk, Maryland, right down the street from Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Hollywood Avenue. Wow, that was nice. Uh, I like how you had that. was real smooth. I got, <laughs> can I just say, uh, so I was, you know, uh, RJ allowed me to come to the hospital towards the end mm -hmm. you know and I, I saw him a few times in there but mm -hmm. um you know i i, I <laughs> yeah i love the guy we fought uh we fought yeah <laughs> you know we've done a lot i remember when we first started um i i just decided it was gonna be a shoot we were we we're we we're bone breakers and I took him down. Oh man, he was so pissed off at me. Yeah. <laughs> I took, Cause I, and I wasn't because that I did. I just said, okay, we were going to turn this into a shoot. 
it was because I took him down because he just had so much pride. He was like, yeah, you ain't going to take me down. I was fat. I was like, yeah, but I was a wrestler too, dude. I was like, like, don't let the belly fool you. Man, he destroyed me after that. Yeah, <laughs> He destroyed me. He, he stretched that. me right out right after that just because I hurt his pride. But uh, I, I I can't think of a time that, that I didn't need him and he, and he, and he wasn't there. Um, right down to I, I had a contractor in my house that was screwing things up in my house. I call him sometimes. Man, is this right? Is, there, am I, is he supposed to be doing this? And he's like, take a picture of it and send it to me. You know, I mean, just anything, you know. Um, so it, it it's an honor, you know. Yeah, it's an honor, and it, and it's awesome, and and everything that MCW has has done to to honor the Bruiser. Well, hopefully, we'll see you on September seventeenth to honor him. Dust off the Maybe. boots. You know what? I know a guy that could possibly get you booked in that. Hmm. Bruiser <laughs> Battle Royal. Maybe. So I saying, mean, possibly. you know, I, I can tell you this: if I if if someone can talk me back into getting in the ring again, um. This would be the right event to do it. It would certainly it be. It would be the right event to do it. It would. Yep, he would be he would be happy with that. Yes. I think he would too, because he would laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had so much respect. And he'd for you call and you he, a turd. Right. He, he enjoyed turd. working with you. He absolutely uh, did. He, he Yeah, yeah, he dropped the bells on me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I rubbed in I rubbed in real hard. <laughs> oh, you did beat him and Pat for the tag belt, yeah. didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the old powder right. gimmick. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Works every but, yeah. time. <laughs> I, I I had a lot of respect. Obviously, mm-hmm. I have a lot of respect for him too, and I I know he did. I know you know he yeah. he and I have a very very special relationship because I I was quite surprised when he allowed me to come to the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, especially when things got rough, and, and he was concerned, and, and he just didn't want people to see him that way. Yeah. You know, oh yeah. But I but I think it had a lot to do with my <laughs> mental health background too. So he understood. Yeah. He yeah. And, um, he did not want people to see him that way. I, no. I set up a, a Zoom call here for people to come and talk to him right toward the very end. Yeah. And immediately, as soon as the call hung up, my phone was blowing up. And he's like, Tara, you answer the phone. And he's leaving messages. And he's like, why'd you do that? And I'm like, because. Because you needed to do it. Right. And we're just leaving it at that. And because I said so, and we're doing this. And there. I remember and, saying- oh, He was hot. I mean, he was literally. I, it was like I could hear him yelling at me from the back. But the I, second time I heard it, well, I walked in. Put on the goddamn mask. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know, for a guy that's that that's real sick, you you're kind of a dick right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you got to be so yep. uppity. You know, I don't have to be here right. You know, and he was, yeah. and, and it was, and who knew that COVID was going to be knocking right. on the door like that? And now we all wearing masks. Yeah. yeah. You know yep. how, how crazy is that? But. Yep. Uh, I, I just want to thank you guys for allowing me to come in here yeah. and, and, and be part of this. And I would love to come back anytime you would like me to come back. Okay. Um, unless he's going to be here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Old Black Jack Mulligan. Yeah. Whatever, the, whatever he was calling me. I don't know. Don't worry that. about him. He's already canceled. He's canceled. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's canceled. <laughs> oh, my God. You, your headphones out. You mean that you have one more thing that doesn't work? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Alright, well, right, and, and our YouTube stream just got kicked. That's right, we're gonna get all kinds all right, of well, emails. Episode thirty, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. All right, thank you, Kelly Bell. Thank you, Brett and Dan. See you next week. Peace to you.